Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Right, yeah. How do you feel about me logging on to Amazon? I'm absolutely terrified. This is the most terrified I've been before because you think, oh, yeah, that's fine. And then I'm, I'm nervous, Tom. Be kind to me. I'm nervous. I'm nervous because it's the first time we, we've done this show in the flesh for two years. Oh, yes, you've actually got to look me in the eye while I you're know. looking at my <laughs> exactly. purchase history. But also, like, I often, you know, when I'm talking to people on the old Zooms, I drift off and have a little look and see what's uh, next. Yeah. And they're, you know, they're monologuing and I'm just sort of like nodding along. <laughs> but I've got to be genuinely, like, engaged. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I've got ADHD. I won't notice if you don't make eye contact. It's fine. You we, just we search away and I can keep talking. I, along with you and half the comedy circuit, have also been diagnosed with ADHD. I, I'm more, I've said this before, but I'm more surprised by comedians that can do this job who are neurotypical. Don't have it. Yes. Why would you? Yes. If you didn't have that compulsion to get the dopamine hit, why on earth would you be doing this? Oh my God, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, okay, Also, cool. can I just say, I've just opened up um, Chrome on my laptop and mm. I'm still in Tim Key's... Great, let's go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> let's go shopping. He's way lo- more loaded than we are. Come on. I mean, this is a get? weird hybrid episode. <laughs> let's just let's just do Angela and Tom. Look at Tim Key's shopping. <laughs> oh, when I need a laugh, Hello and welcome along. This is My Mate Bought a Toaster. My name is Tom Price and my guest today is the wonderful stand-up comedian Angela Barnes. Hello. Hello, Tom Price. Oh, it's nice to see you in the flesh. and. Like, like here, like you can breathe in my COVID, I can breathe in your COVID. Yeah, we're totally exchanging COVID. It's Gosh. lovely. That, that What we've just said is going to age really badly if we now both get <laughs> COVID. I have got a little bit of a cold, but I've done my lateral flow. I think it's just hay fever. We're all right. I think. All lateral flowed up. Uh, listen, Angela, uh, you have a rich and varied Amazon purchase history, and I'm just so going to dive straight in, okay? I'm so scared. I'm coming in hot, and I'm going straight to 2010. Oh, right. Okay. I think that's sort of beginning of my Amazon life. I was quite a late adopter, I think. Yeah, that's fairly late, to be fair. Uh, where, where do we find you in 2010 in your life, first of 2010, all? 2010, I would be living in Brighton, yeah. where I live now, but I've been in London in between. I and... reckon you probably lived, I don't know, I'm going to say Ditchling Road, I want to say. <laughs> that's Maybe. exactly where I lived. So that means I would be sharing a, f- a flat with my friend Ella and Claire, and I would have just started doing stand-up. I love a flat share. Yeah, I well, I do and I don't. Like, they were great, and I did love it, but... I wouldn't, like, I'm 45 now, I don't want, I wouldn't oh, want to get back. Obviously, I love the idea of a flat share yeah. in my 20s or 30s. Yeah. In the kind of friends, Sex in the City vibes, maybe. Yeah. The real me, I need to live by myself. I can't even live with my wife now. I just need to be... I've been in some bad flat shares. And then, mm. then I lived on my own for a bit. And that's when I realised, you go, you know, you have the flatmate, you won't take the rubbish out, the flatmate won't clean the bathroom. You go, oh, it was me. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> you live on your own. Um, I'm going to leave a really passive aggressive note for myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the first thing you ever bought from Amazon, $5.99. Oh, big spender. 14th of September, 2010, phone direct a replacement battery cover for the LG Pop GD510 Black. Gee whiz. Wow. Big this spender. Is... That was a crap phone because I couldn't afford a decent phone in 2010. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those LG phones, I think they've got better, but yeah. they were. Oh my God. And I'd obviously smashed it, like dropped it and smashed it. Mm-hmm. Not smashed it as in... No, not it. smashed it. I smashed that, took the roof you off that phone. You don't have that phone and you're smashing life, do you? <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah, the replacement... Uh, but it's, it's not even... This is how... It's cover. This is how mundane this is. <laughs> this isn't even like, oh, a new battery. Think of the extra battery life and we could talk about that. This is literally just a battery cover. It's a bit, it's a slice of plastic. But that's the sort of thing I would have lost. Like, yeah. again, because I've got ADHD and I lose things all the time. And that's exactly the sort of thing I would have just looked at my phone one day and gone, well, the battery cover's gone. Yeah. Don't know where that is. When did you have, so the ADHD thing, I've talked about it a bit before on the show. We've mm-hmm. had a few guests on who've got it. I have now officially been diagnosed with it. Which was an amazing moment. Um, and the losing thing, 
I mean... Well, people say to you... So I was officially diagnosed in May last year okay. at the age of 44. Wow. And it made so much of my life make sense because I've been misdiagnosed for a long time on the wrong medication. Just it, mm. it, lots of things have happened What else since. did they try and give you? Anything Everything. You oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, it's not very, but I've been treated for depression for a long time. I, at one point I was treated for bipolar. I was on mood stabilizer. Just crazy. Oh, My 20s, I was sort of in and out of hospital. I was a mess. Angela, wow. But, okay. um, yeah, ADHD has just made sense of all of it. Because I think the depression that I was treated for was just a... Uh, being frustrated with why I couldn't do things other people could yeah. do. Well, because I was forever being told, oh, you're so ditzy, you're so clumsy, you're so oh this, that, the other. And it would upset me so much mm. because when people say that to you, they don't realise you're hearing that every single hour of every single From day. From loads of other people. Yeah, I know. And, and you're like, whatever yeah. you say to me, do you think my brain's not saying the same thing constantly? Yeah. And it just grinds you down. Yes. And like, you know, when I talk about losing things, whatever, ha ha, it's ADHD. People go, oh, that's not ADHD. I lose my keys. Yeah. Like, yeah, you don't do it every single day. The, what, several times a day? There's yeah. a weird thing, isn't there, about ADHD? Maybe it's about other conditions as well. But but certain people in my life have been very keen to say, you haven't got that. Mm. What are you talking about? Because they have an image of hyperactivity, a child... Uh, climbing the bookshelves at school. It's a naughty boy throwing the chair across the classroom. Exactly. So, yeah. But when you start digging into it, and I think this is why it's become so common recently, is because people have dug into it and the complexities of it and mm. gone, oh, oh my God, but like this is the thing I've wanted all my life because I have had depression as well and I have had all this anxiety and and I've always been sort of hunting around going, why is it? And I've done therapy and I've talked about the bad things that happened to me as a kid and stuff mm. like that, but it never really solved it because I'm always like, I'm at peace with all the stuff that happened to me. Mm. It's not that. Mm. You so, know something's so going on. It's unlocking. Yeah. And it's and what I found as well, I think it's partly a gender thing as well, because it, it does express differently in women and in some men, uh-huh. that inattentive type. So it's the 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 name is a sort of misnomer, really, because the hyperactivity, the way my psychiatrist described it was your hyperactivity is internal. It's in your brain. And it's the because I'd say it's like all the tabs are open all the time. And I'm constantly opening tabs and never closing them. I can't stick on one, you know. I can't even speak. I'm so, like, I'm just agreeing with you in my hands. Yeah. And because you don't know, no one has any way of knowing how other people, how their brains work, how they think, right? Yeah. So we all assume that we're all broadly similar in the way we process information. And so it looks like when somebody's not able to do something that you find simple, yeah. then they're either lazy or they're stupid or yeah. they're, you know, rather than thinking, well, maybe there's some mechanism in their brain that's different to mine because we've got no way of seeing it, you know. Yeah. And so when you realise that your actual brain structure is different, yeah. you go, oh, okay, well, then that's okay. I don't mind being different if there's a reason for it. The relief. It was and just feeling like a failure for my whole life. And this is where the depression comes from is mm. because you are spending your whole time digging it yourself. And like you so brilliantly said, a number of times people have a go at you about, and I can think of teachers, like my, my family, you are, uh, you've got no concentration, you don't want to do anything, you're so easily bored, what are we going to do? do with you you're mm. stupid like all these things said to you again and again from all these different angles you turn in on yourself you believe it and you think yeah you're right i'm a failure i can't do what you i don't know why it's and really you've got to, no uh, answer for so it so this happened to you when you're 44 so how mm. do you begin to 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 rebuild after well that's a hard thing originally when i got the diagnosis i was mm. just euphoric yes i was just like this is a light and when i actually started reading about things like executive dysfunction because what i knew i wasn't was lazy mm. but i can also see how from the outside I might look lazy mm. if I'm not doing the task because it's not getting done. I'm leaving done it to the yet? last I asked minute. I you ages ago to do that yeah. all the time. Yeah. And, and, you know, everything gets done at the last minute. And, yeah. and I realised that it was not just... Because if you're just lazy or you just don't care or you're feckless, then you watch telly and you don't care and it doesn't mm. get done, pff, so what? Whereas I would get myself in such a state about mm. not having done it. Mm. And everyone would be, well, the simple answer is you should have... Why didn't you just do it then? And you're like... I don't know what's going on here, but something is because there's a paralysis that happens. And instead of me doing the task, and it's a task I want to do, I've got time to do, I've got the ability to do, and for some reason I'm just not doing it. It's a task I enjoy. I want to do it. Yeah. We all want us, we all want me to do it, guys. Yeah. But but (laughs) But instead of doing it, I'm sitting there stressing about not doing it and Mm. getting myself in a state. You know, last year I ended up, I had a project I was working on that was really just not doing. And I ended up in hospital with chest pain. So you're oh like a lazy person. That doesn't happen to a lazy, feckless person. They just yeah. don't care. Yeah, and yeah, we'll just yeah. go, I haven't done it. What are you going to do? Yeah. Whereas I want to please everybody. Because part of the dopamine here I like most is mm. 
people telling me well done mm. people going you should really be a performer of some sort I should I right you should I mean it's amazing it maybe? took me to 33 to realise that but that's the other thing is what, that's why I think comedians are drawn to this because we, mm. you get the dopamine hit from the performance yes. you get the you get that instant reaction from people you don't have to wait it's not like acting where you have to wait a week later for the reviews to come out no. you know you know in the moment it's all instant gratification yeah 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 it, and, without, and, it, and without I mean obviously we need to prep and how many comics do we know who all say I don't do enough prep I don't really <laughs> I know what you're doing. I'm just coming moaning about a gig I'm doing tonight that I'm prepped for. I wish I was recording this. Angela just said she's doing a massive gig tonight with massive, massive comics. And she just said, I'll work out what I'm doing 10 minutes before. But that is, but that's okay. Because what's happened there is you've brilliantly and very uh, uh, enthusiastically built yourself a career, which allows you to do that. Yeah, exactly. And and no two days are the same. Mm. You know, you're working with different people. So you're getting that dopamine hit. So when people go, oh God, every comedian thinks they have ADHD. I think, well, yeah, they probably have. Because there's a reason you do. A secure person doesn't need to do what we do. No. It's mad. And yeah. how many times do you hear it when you're stand-up comic? People say to you after a show, I couldn't do what you do. Yeah. Like, and I think, well, I couldn't go to the same office every day. So no. horses yeah. for courses, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. All this from a replacement battery. All that for a replacement wow. battery. <laughs> What's the purchase history of this jokester? Stay tuned for my mate bought a toaster. All right, fine. Okay, good. Well, there we are. The first item is done, Angela. Mm. We're underway. We're into 2011 now. Okay. And uh, loads and loads of books. The brilliant Jonathan Coe. I love Jonathan Yeah, Coe. yeah. Dwarves of Death. I don't know that one, actually. Can't, I can't really remember much. But I'm, I love reading. I yes. do buy more books than I read because, again, it's that imp- I'm an impulsive buyer. There's somebody told me about... Umberto Eco's anti-library, so I've now forgiven myself about uh, that. I need to know about that now. Yeah, everyone needs to know about that. So it, I'll, I'll get this a bit wrong, but it's okay. basically the concept is that an intelligent person needs to surround themselves with books that they'll never read yes. because they need to know there's things they don't know. Oh, I love that one. Right? Love and that. so um, you can still, by just having those books around you, mm. gives you comfort. You don't want that Alexander the Great moment when he's, he cries because he's conquered everything. Yeah. I want to feel dwarfed. Yeah, that's it. Just go, okay, I'll I'll never read all these books, but I know they're there and I know about them and that's enough. I have totally calculated now how many books I can read a year and I've worked out how many books I've got in my house I haven't read Mm. and how many I've got on Kindle I haven't read. You're going to have to live for 100 years. Like we're outside of, someone tweeted me about this a couple of weeks ago. I think there's some sort of phrase, which is a a, a book pile beyond reasonable life expectancy. (laughs) And I'm way beyond that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, where, I mean, what I, because I, I do love the feel of an actual book and I, I have yes. a Kindle, whatever, for holidays and things, but I like the feel of an actual book. What I found myself doing recently is I'll buy the book, mm. but I'll listen to the audio book because I can do that when I'm driving. Yes, or when I, you course. don't need to set aside that time. Yeah. And I think that's quite an ADHD thing as well that I, I can then consume books, but while also doing something else. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Many plates spinning, that's what we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, talking of spinning, the okay. Nogfrog Strobe LED front and rear light set. That bike thing. I think it's a bike thing. We're having a bike chat. Well, you see, I'm not, I I have, again, typical, but I sort of go through phases with my bike. Like I have phases where I'll just cycle everywhere. Brighton's very bikey though, isn't it? Brighton's quite bikey, but it's also very hilly. And I'm I'm not a fit woman. So I, um, I, my husband and I, we went, we got married last year and we went on honeymoon and um, we went for a bike ride together and he loves cycling. Like he's a proper you know, goes out for long bike rides with his friends. But we never go on bike rides together because, A, I don't like going up hills. I'll get off and push it. Yeah, And, you know, I can't keep up with him. And then he just gets frustrated that he's got to wait for me. And it's just not a good thing. But on our honeymoon, it was so beautiful, the weather. And um, we were uh, in Norfolk, right, which is fairly flat. Flat flat as, mate. But still, I thought, I'm going to, we hired bikes. So I thought, I'm going to hire an electric bike. So I wanted to see what it felt like. And I thought, if in Brighton, that'd be ideal. Because then we could go out together. Yes. And it was brilliant. I loved this electric bike. Like, because you are still pedaling. You're not, it doesn't just take you up the hill. No, you've got to do a bit of work. But but you can, you know, adjust how much power it gives you and stuff. Yeah. But but when we hired it, I'll, um, I don't know. You might have to excuse my language on. That. I don't I know mean, how is that right? Because right? yeah, yeah, yeah. what <laughs> I came out, we came out of the hire place, got to the first set of traffic lights, and this bloke just shouted at me, "Bloody pussy!" Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm on an electric bike. I presume that, not, or he was warning me what the seat was going to do to me later. I don't know. But also, that's good on Norfolk what, for using a, a derogatory term from good twenty years ago. Yeah, that one. right. That's really old school. Yeah. Man. Come on. So I was really embarrassed. I was really oh. just like, oh, this, I mean, I know I'm in Norfolk and I'm on an electric bike. I can see how this looks lazy, but yeah. you know, and I really was like, just, oh. But anyway, we went on that bike ride. Really, and it wasn't until I got home later, I thought he was in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Shouted that from a car, <laughs> calling me lazy. 
fantastic. Oh my God, I love that. Um, the electric bikes are brilliant. It makes me feel like I'm 20, about as fit as I was when I was, actually, I was never that fit when I was 20. Like teens, you know what I mean? Mm. You just feel, you glide around and I think, I want an electric bike. I basically want an electric exoskeleton. Yeah, no, just do everything. Take them <laughs> all the hills. And just do everything. Well, it's, it's so pronounced in my heart because my husband's an ultra marathon runner, right? Oh so God, he. Wow, your husband, I can say this. Factually, your husband's well fit. He is well fit. Oof, he is fit. But also, you know, I have to live with it. And it's, um, yeah. he's, so ultra he is Ultra blisters, fit. ultra stiff legs. Oh ultra... yeah, all the, the chafed nipples, all of it. Um, oh, but... oh, the bleeding nipples. Bleeding nipples. Luckily he's got a very hairy chest, which actually sort of cushions mm. that area a little bit. Unless yes. it rains, then he has to... Oh, it stings so much. But he's just so, so he is really fit. So anything like that, any mm. sort of physical activity we won't want to do together, yes. it's like he has to have some sort of handicap. Like he has to have, you know, have to cut one of his legs off or something right. so, <laughs> so the electric bike thing was just perfect it's so ideal it was great so he just cycles up a hill without thinking about it and I was and able so do to you. do it right behind him there's know? a load of stuff about electric I mean like basically there's a, there's a theory that electric bikes are going to save the world Ooh. because so many people who would have cars now using electric bikes to whiz around yeah. um, also there's loads of pe- older people especially who are maybe we fall into that category now Angela um, mm. who use electric bikes to go like around the countryside and stuff like yeah. that they, they would never be able to do it's fantastic yeah. well, my mum wants to get one and she's in her seventies, and she's a bike. Bike is a bit beyond her now, but she's okay with being a. She's be. okay with being a bloody pussy. Is she? She's like, fine with being a bloody pussy. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like saying bloody pussy. No, not do I. It feels very uncomfortable. Oh God, I've not that, that is literally what you shouted. Um, all right, fine. So we've got some bike lights there. That's in 2011. Should we move on through then? Let's power on through to 2012 now. Oh, look, the number of orders you're making, that's that's cranking up here. It's quite, I'm, I'm a bit, I and I don't, I'm not proud of it because, you know. Yeah, that's okay. Um, look, you've done 30. But again, I'm going to keep using the ADHD, but yeah. Amazon is too enabling for someone with ADHD because you want something, you get it tomorrow. Yeah. Without having to leave your house. My my thumb is my ADHD enabler. Yeah. Scroll click, scroll click. Oh my God, the click. amount of stuff I've bought. In the first two weeks, that first lockdown, I'd bought boxing gloves, <laughs> a sewing machine and roller boots. Like in two weeks. Because I was like, I need to do stuff. You've just built in a little preview into the format <laughs> of the show there. That's so great. So stay tuned for that, guys. But in the meantime, uh, 27th of November, 2012, Casio Women's Vibration Alarm Watch. Oh, the, I've just got an ordinary Casio yeah, now. Yeah, Casio I've, But um, yeah, when you start out stand-up, you've got to have the vibrating watch so you know when your 10 minutes is up. Mm-hmm. Very, very important indeed. Oh, yeah. I remember we all had the metal ones when we were first doing stand-up. Those, they were Casio as well, I think. Oh, yeah, the, the chunky Casio. ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone had them. Yeah. Um, again, loads more books, a bit of P.G. Woodhouse, very nice indeed. And wait until you get onto the... Because I'm pretty sure I'm on a register or a list somewhere because <sighs> I buy a lot of... Particularly in the last few years because I do a history podcast. But my like, I'm really into kind of Cold War stuff and nuclear bunkers. And I'm, I'm just at some point you're going to get to the year where you're like, okay, you just bought loads of stuff about the Stasi. Oh, good. <laughs> like, okay. well, we'll, we'll get into that again, making excuses for the fact that you are weird. Um, but again, look, a year later, 30th of November, November 2013, mm. almost exactly a year later, you've bought a Casio Women's Vibration. Because I would have lost the last one. <laughs> I probably that bought another one in between. But uh, this is it. But I, isn't it nice to forgive yourself? You have permission to forgive yourself yeah. for all this now. Because what happens, I lose jewellery all the time because yeah. I take it off without realising I'm do- while well, I'm doing something else and I've put it down. So you have a go at your other half. I had a proper go at Beth the other day because I couldn't find the charger for this laptop, which I'm looking at right now with my eyes. <laughs> because earlier on that day, I'd put it in my suitcase and it wasn't in my backpack. And I said, you must have moved it because I can't have done it. But I just do things... It's compulsion. Do you know what the best thing about this is? And forgive me, listeners, I may have talked about this before on the podcast. I genuinely can't remember. The best thing for me about this is having kids and my eldest son, there's no doubt he's got it. Mm-hmm. That's happening. I can see it coming in. He's like me. And to be able to say to him, we went to see Hamilton a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he, the second half especially was very difficult for him. Because you've had the war in the first half. You've had the revolution. Second half, yeah. it's a lot of admin. Exactly. Yeah. It's not happening in politics. And it, t- it goes on. It's brilliant, but it goes on. And he really struggled. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I was furious with him. Because of the fucking, you know, because that's what, because your anger at your kids is you're directly echoing the anger you had sent to you for the same things. Yeah. So I was just doing what my parents had done to me and I was mm. ready to have a go at him and I stopped myself. And this makes me sound like a great parent, but it, it's not about that. It's about that because I know I've got ADHD and I know he's getting it as well. He has it as well because it's very, very. Um, oh, and it's in families. No doubt about families. it. I managed to say, I stopped myself and I said, you know what? You did really well in the second half because it's really hard for you because mm. his brother was fine. who's younger than him. Three right. years younger doesn't have it at all clearly i said you did so well because your brother was fine but you you struggle with things like that and there's nothing wrong with that and you did great and i was like Dang. i am the best yeah i fixed the world guys <laughs> well i 
it's funny. One thing I've realised that suddenly made sense as well in my life is that I've never been a big film buff, right? I've never been into films. I've never been Me into going neither. to the cinema Me stuff. neither. Good. Whereas I could sit and watch, you know, four hours worth of sitcoms back to back. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it can't be a time thing because I can sit and watch, you know, an entire series of Parks and Rec yeah. without thinking about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, because you're getting the resolution every 20 minutes. Yeah. Rather than having to wait two hours for the resolution. Yeah. So you are getting that hit more often. I really struggled going back to watch films again. I watched them a lot with work. And to have to sit through the whole thing. In fact, I watched one yesterday. Uh, the Lost City. It's really good. Um, and at the beginning of it, I was like, I had to really steal myself. I had to really have a word with myself. Like, you're going to be sitting in this chair for the next two hours. Put your phone off and like really kind of make myself sit in it. Whereas before I had this diagnosis, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought like that. And I started to get fidgety and mad and had a go at myself and be like, why are you so fucking, why can't you concentrate? Like, yeah. you know well, what I mean? find now my only way really, to, I, I tend not to go to the cinema because I, then I do after an hour, I'm just counting like, how long is it going to be? How long is it going to be? How long is it going to be? And I'm not watching. Yes. Whereas I can watch a film at home now as long as I'm doing something else like I'll crochet. Yes. Or I'll do something where I can watch the film. So That's I'm not on my idea. phone scrolling. Yes. But if yes. I'm doing something with my hands, keeping something busy, then yes. I can do it. It really works. Eminem's um, almond and chocolate <laughs> Sharing bag, three <laughs> massive fucking sharing bags. Twenty second of I January. Know what, when was that? What date was that? Twenty second of January, twenty thirteen. Hang on, two lots. That was not for me. That was a guy I was dating at the time. Really liked the almond M and M's. You couldn't get them anywhere, uh, so I bought a load. Along comes yeah. Amazon. Yeah, along comes Amazon. I see. Yeah, the almonds. You lured him in with almonds. Did you put them on the floor? <laughs> Follow me. Leading to the boudoir. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And then we plow on through into 2014, Angela okay. Barnes. Let's see what else. Again, loads of great books. Um, the Adrian Mole oh, Which are collection. my absolute favourite books. Just, I, just, and they're the only books I ever reread. I'm not a believer in rereading books because no. I think, well, like we said before, there's so many books to get through. Why read ones you've already done? But I'll make an exception sometimes if I just need a comfort read. Yes, yes. Up an Adrian She's Mole. so funny. I so feel funny. really sad because Adrian Mole was just a little bit older than me. So... Um, I feel like, you know, we've, what, we grew up with him. Mm. And because the later books, obviously he's in his 30s and he's, yeah. what he's doing. He's like, and I feel so sad that we'll never know what happened to him. I know, I know. You know, I just... No, it's, it's, and no one can extrapolate. You can't no have No someone... one else could do it. No. it she had such... A, she was Adrian. She was in this boy's head, you know. And and yeah, it's such weird a Weird that a woman thing. wrote a boy so well. Not weird, mm. but just interesting. Notable, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah. Because I think we often see it. I don't think many women try and write men. No. We often see men try and write women and yeah. get it horrifically wrong. Yes. Um, <laughs> but she, I think she really did get in the mind of a nerdy yes. working class boy. You know, has those struggles of being poor, but also being... Not wanting to be, you know, not into football, not into the lads, lads, lads thing. You yeah. know, this sort of, she got right into that. I definitely knew boys that were Adrian and was, Miles. But it was also way ahead of its time because the, being a cool nerd only became a thing in the noughties maybe or the early tens. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas yeah. this was cool and interesting and funny then in yeah. the 80s. Absolutely. Amazing. I just I just loved it. And also you learn about history along the way. You know, yeah. mum goes to Greenham Common. The, 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 in the first book, it's the Falklands War. It's, you yeah. know, all those things. So you're sort of learning. Do you know what? Bollocks yeah. to you. I'm going to reread it. Yeah, do it. Um, <laughs> 7th of March, 2014. Oh, one of my favourite authors. Who She has got a new book coming out this September. Life After Life. Oh, Kate Atkinson. There's a character in that called Teddy Edmund. And we named our second child Edmund. Oh. After Teddy in that book. Love that book. Those books were, wonderful. that book was incredible. Just the way it was written. I am someone who, like, I will read a book and go, 
I really love that. And then instantly forget everything that was in the book. And then people say, same with films. Or and then people go, have you read such and such? Go, yeah, I've read that. And they go, you know that bit where, and it looks like I've lied. Yeah. I haven't read it. Oh my I, God. Just go, I swear I have, but exactly instantly I just, it just goes. It's like, it's like uh, John in The Great Gatsby towards the end when he's, and I could have read it a, lot, a month earlier and I'd be like, I don't know. It's so, it's, it's so gone. frustrating. I always look at people like, um, extreme example, but someone like Stephen Fry who just recounts, who can do word for word or, you know. There's people who can do that with films, but I'm so jealous that they yeah. just read it and can remember the bits that really mean something to them. Because I'll come away going, that I, I remember how a book made me feel. Yes, yes. And I remember that I had some emotions during it. But I won't be able to pinpoint exactly what happened. A lot interesting of the time. that we both fetishize books. I don't know if you do. I certainly mm. fetishize books and I'm surrounded yeah. by them because I think that because of the nature of my ADHD sieve brain, those are rungs on a ladder that I can cling on to. Mm. So they're little parcels of uh, emotional memory. Maybe not literal memory, but I know how that book made me feel and I can completely remember it and I'll take it out and read a few pages and then it'll come back. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like I look around and I can instantly dive into all those books. I have to have a moment. And, and also, I suppose it's sort of proof that you have read it to yourself. You go, have I read that? Yes. Have I read that? Yes, it's there. Yes. And it's been well thumbed. Gratification, I've read that one. gratification validation. Yeah. Uh, DFT, know your traffic signs. Oh, that'll be when I was learning to drive. <laughs> but on April Fool's Day, 2014. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Amazing. Um, how was learning to drive? Success. So what year was that? Because I 2014. Okay, so I think I took some lessons in 2014, but then didn't. Or no, I don't think I no, I know what happened. Typical again. Yeah. I did my <laughs> um theory test in 2014 and passed it. And then never got around to sort of booking any lessons and stuff. Yes. And then suddenly I got a th- an alert or something in 2016 that was like, uh, you know, it expires after two years. So then I was like, so crack oh, on. I better learn to drive and pass my test, which I did um, in 2016. So it was all a bit of a rush before my theory test ran out. Right. And then you did. So you passed in 2016. <laughs> I passed first time, yeah. Again, I mean, coming to things old, you know, you started stand up when you were 33. Yeah. You worked out you had uh, ADHD when you were 44. You started driving when you were... 39. So, yeah. I might join the Brownies next year. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I feel like, I always say that, you know, being unwell in my 20s sort of robbed me of a decade. And that's why I'm, you know, I, I feel so good for kids that are at school now, particularly young girls who won't just get fobbed off with, they've got depression and given antidepressants and, you know, mm-hmm. get told as I got told many times, you just got to live with it. That's just what it is. I knew deep in my core something else was going on. Yes. And since my diagnosis was nearly a year ago, I haven't taken antidepressants for the first time since I was 18. Wow. Wow. And I've been absolutely fine. And are you on ADHD medication? I take ADHD meds. Okay. um, Quite a high dose, it turned out, I needed. But, well, and in fact, the the slightly higher dose than I'm on is the one that really worked for me, but then my blood pressure went through the roof, so I had to come down a bit. Because it's really interesting. It's a stimulant, isn't it? Yeah. Because it feels counterintuitive. Because the part of your brain that orders stuff is slow and, and needs to yeah. be stimulated. And also it's because I think when you've got ADHD, like I say you're constantly looking for that dopamine hit. So if mm. something's giving it to you, you're not looking for it elsewhere. So mm. you're able to focus on other things. Also, you know, we must talk about other things apart from ADHD, but yeah. I love it. So, I find it so interesting and also so comforting. This is ADHD therapy, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but also in terms of uh, friendships and making connections with people, mm. my best friends... I don't have as many friends as a lot of people because um, I'm I'm interrupty and also I'm really it, it appears that I'm really easily bored and mm-hmm. I sort of will drift and it's not it's like it's not a rudeness thing. No, it's because I'm the part of my brain that's hunting all we, the time. We else. have an inability. People with ADHD have an inability to fake it. Like most, if you're neurotypical, something yeah. can be boring you, but you can fake it, yeah. and we just can't. No. And without realising, like I'll really try and fake it. And then without suddenly I'm yeah. on my phone or I'm doing something yeah. and I don't even know it's happened. And do you get the bit when your social batteries run out? Oh God, yeah. That's a big thing, isn't and, it? And the overwhelm is a big thing. Tell me, me about the overwhelm. So the overwhelm is where, and particularly I think it's very easy to look around in, in the jobs that we do, you know, mm. when you work in entertainment or anything like that, because everything that everyone's doing is very public, right? Mm. So it's very easy to look around and go, how do these people have time to do all this stuff? Mm. You know, and then I think, well, maybe they're not dealing with whatever you're dealing with. For uh, you know, executive dysfunction is one of the biggest problems I have, and and so sometimes if I've got more than one thing in a day, to that I, or place I have to be, or it sounds like not if I've got more than one thing to do, I can cope with more than one thing to do. But if there's just different places I have to be, and there's logistics involved, or yeah. I can just get overwhelmed sometimes. And it's exhausting. And I just, I'm so tired. Yeah. And I just want to like today I had um 
uh, obviously I've come here to meet you and I've got a meeting with my agent and mm. I've got this show tonight but I had two phone calls this morning and I've got another phone call this afternoon don't you feel exhausted and at five me. o'clock this morning I was up just going just stressing about it and yeah. you're like other people just go mm. well that's that's only what six things in a day that's not that's fine mm. it's totally manageable but for some reason I just get overwhelmed really easily so how do you cope with career stuff then how'd and you then cope well with... sometimes I don't and sometimes I just shut down you know and there's things yeah. I've had to walk away from really good things yeah. that I've just had to walk away from because I've gone if I don't walk away and that's one thing I've learned over the years is that if you don't walk away you're going to have a breakdown mm. and I can see the signs now and I don't want to go back there no. and no job is worth it um, is this you your know, way of leading up to leaving this podcast yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> Tenth of April, twenty fifteen. The underwater waterproof sports MP three music player. Uh-huh. Hello. Well, I thought that was going to change my life. <laughs> okay, one of those. Because this is one of those, right? What it is, I um, I love swimming. Right, swimming's the only exercise I enjoy, yeah. and I've tried so much. I'm just not an exercise person. Yeah. And what I think it is with swimming, and I've enjoyed it for years. I only really properly learnt to swim as an adult. Like yeah. I was never afraid of the water. I just never had swimming lessons. Right. And so when I, in 2014, I went, right, I need to, because I'd just splash about in the water, but I couldn't do a length, you know. Yes. So in 2014, I was like, right, I'm going to go and do some swimming lessons because this is silly because I like being in the water and it might be an exercise I like. And I just loved it. And I took to it and I just loved it. Wow. And um, Again, late in life, later on in life. But yeah. good on you for Because a lot of people, this happens and they don't, don't get around do to doing this. Thing. Well, I just, but do you know what? Again, it was that praise thing. So I had this brilliant teacher. It was up at the Crystal Palace Sports Centre there. I was living near there. Mm. And, she, and her name was Jill. And I just loved her. And so I would practice between the lessons because I wanted Jill to praise me. You know, so I would come back to my next lesson. She'd go, oh, you've really nailed that. I'd be like, oh, thank you, Jill. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, I am that. I'm so annoying. Like, I must have been so annoying at school. I would have been the kid, like, going, oh, I know, I know, I know, ask me, I know, you know, that trick. So, um, so I learned to swim, and I love swimming, um, and I realised that what I do, like, like, it's the only place I've relaxed. I've tried, I can't do meditation or any of that. All that happens if I try to meditate mm. is that little voice in my head is going, you can't even do this properly. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, so yeah. useless. Look at you. You're listening to me. You're not meditating. It's a nightmare, yeah. And I get more and more stressed, mm-hmm. you know. It's like, this has the opposite effect. Whereas swimming, because I'm counting the lengths, mm. it's, that voice is busy counting. Yes. Um, and presumably that voice, because you weren't necessarily a strong swimmer, that voice is making sure you don't drown. Yeah. So sharp voice, oh, yeah. keep me alive. Yeah, exactly. And then I can just feel calm. Mm. And it's where I feel most calm in wow. the water. But I did, I thought, because um, the counting is a bit of a weird thing. I worry about it sometimes. And I've got to let go of it because it doesn't matter. Because I, because my brain's always noisy. Sometimes yeah. just to feel, the, I just count. Like if I'm walking down the street, I just count. Yeah. And I don't really know why or what. And I might start from the middle. I might start at six and then just keep counting. And then I get to hundreds and I go, what? You're doing it again. <laughs> and I realise it's just because I just need constant yeah. thinking, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought maybe I'll try something other than counting in the water. Maybe I will um, try this thing and mm. listen to like mm. audiobooks or, yes. you know, whatever on it. Yes. But the problem is, because when you're swimming, your head's coming in and out of the water. Yes. The sound... Change, yeah, and it, it just it just annoyed me in the end, and I couldn't because <laughs> I'm forty six quid. Quite annoying. Yeah, move on. Yeah, but that's the sort of thing I do all the time because yes. I would have bought that just on a whim. But this is what Amazon does on a whim for a swim. Yeah, but Amazon does this. We buy things on a whim and go nah, nah, and that's just sitting that. in a box now somewhere. <laughs> you know. Like never to be used again. It's really interesting what you're saying about the walking along thing. I have that as well. Not the counting, but mm. like I will... Uh, or song lyrics or just, something. I just... The, the the voices makes the sound crackers, but <laughs> that sort of... Um, uh, uh, I walked to here the other day from the tube and I had, so I had, meant I had seven minutes by myself. And by the time I got here, I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so I just talked to myself in some awful corner and I saw here, got here and I was like, hey guys, how's it getting? And I was like, why am I being... But I get it all the time when I go and do jobs or something. If I'm in the car on the way there, on the tube, by the time I arrive, I'm miserable. Well, that's why I, I don't like being left alone with my thoughts. No. And that's where, for me, podcasts and audiobooks have been amazing. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. But honestly, you know. No, completely. Um, because when I was younger, all we had was Walkman or a CD Walkman. You could listen to music, but then I could still think if I'm listening to music. Whereas yes. if I'm concentrating on a narrative. Yes, I know. It's then, incredibly then calming. it just really helps me relax. Um, 
This is good. 4th of July 2015. The last person who bought this, I believe, was Lucy Porter on a very oh gosh, early edition of My Mate Bought a Taster. Uh, the Fox Hunter globe-shaped mini bar drinks cabinet retro-style host trolley! So I bought that for my now husband's 40th birthday. Oh, it's a good um, present. But at that point, we how long have we been together then? Not About a year. Yeah. So we weren't living together then. Right. And um, I bought him that, of course, not thinking that one day we might live together and I'd have to have that thing in my house. <laughs> But um, I do love it, actually. I do secretly love it. But yeah, it's it sort of makes drink. you look uh, like you're in a club at the beginning of 80 Days Around the World. Exactly. Well, um, see, my, my husband loves whiskey. Like, he's a proper whiskey oh, really? sort of connoisseur. And okay. I thought it'd be really funny to put all his posh whiskey that he loves in a really naff. <laughs> it is. It is it's beautifully naff. I absolutely love it. I do it. love it. It's in my living room. I do, I've grown to love it. Great reviews here. Um, Barry Gunn's been on. Very good product. I got this for a gift for my wife. She's always wanted one. She has not seen it yet. I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. Right? <laughs> Spoiler. Very quick and easy to assemble. All you need is a flathead screwdriver. It took me less than 10 minutes to assemble. It looks very nice and it is functional. I read some reviews about the inside painting not matching up. However, my one was fine. I recommend this product. Thanks, uh, Barry. And then... I had to take it on the bus. I remember that <laughs> to his house. Are you serious? So I, yeah, because I thought, well, I didn't want to give it to him as a flat pack because then it'd be like, well, what's that? <laughs> and at the time, I was living in... Crystal Palace, and he was living in um, Harringay, right? So it's quite a trek across, <laughs> that's North London. It's quite a trek across London. Yeah. And um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll make it up, and then I'll just, and then I was like, oh, now I've got to take it on the train and the bus, and this, <laughs> with just this drinks globe. <laughs> it must have looked like a right idiot. Um, this is, you know, wait for the review. I saw this because uh, a woman on a bus had it. Um, <laughs> uh, Mrs. V. Lawrence, one star. It Ooh. does look nice. The problem is, it does not fit any standard size glasses that I have. Oh, well, just change your glasses. Change your glasses, Mrs. Come v. On. Lawrence. We use Ruin it for, it. we put in, you know the, the the booze you buy on holiday or people buy you when they go on holiday that you yeah. never actually drink? That's what mm-hmm. we've got in ours. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. It. Putting that into deep cryogenic storage. That looks Down lovely. There. Thank but you so much. That banana liqueur that Michael Fabry <laughs> bought me in 2009. That's still in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Michael Fabry. I must get him on this. Oh, do very good stand-up comic, Michael Fabry. Um, what else have we got here? A lovely Goodman's 1960s vintage-style digital and FM radio. Again, oh, yep. silencing the noises. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, RJM ladies, chunky knit Rudolph reindeer slipper socks. Okay, so that's my Christmas. Thing. So I'm a bit of a Christmas nut. Because my dad was, my dad was, my dad's house would just look like Christmas had vomited on it. Uh, he just, and all the tacky stuff, he just loved, loved, loved it. And he died very suddenly in 2008 and he was only 60. Oh, sorry. And for the first couple of years, I just didn't want Christmas in my life at yeah. all. Like yeah. I just couldn't countenance Christmas without him mm. and, and without the silly things he would do. And what he would do, because we never had much money growing up, you know, but what he would do, he would buy you really silly things but it'd be funny. so you'd get different little presents and you'd get like once I was over 18 you'd get like a, a bottle of booze of some description and it'd be like from from Chanter Claus written on it like he was pissed you know? and you'd get a present from Frosty the Snowman you'd get a present from the Sugar Plum Fairy oh. and then you'd get a present from because my dad ran a sex shop for a living so when you're old enough, you get a present from Sexy Santa, right? Which would be like some chocolate nipples or penis pasta or something. Like, you know, it wasn't buying me a dildo for Christmas. It wasn't that. No, but, no, but, that would know, feel just wrong. Just something a bit cheap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and he just loved, he loved just thinking about all these little things. And it was, a load of it was tapped. It didn't matter. And it was just glorious fun being yeah. around my dad at Christmas. Yeah. And so about the first couple of years, I just couldn't face any of it. And um, and then I was like, right, I think the only answer is you take over the mantle. Like, you just have to now Go do in, that. double down. Go in, double down yeah, on this. Yeah. You know, if he's not going to do it, you've got to do it. And so um, whoever happens to be, we happen to have Christmas with, we'll get all those little presents from, you know, Santa and Santa Claus and all the <laughs> sugar plum fairy and everything. Good. But one of the things I love doing is on Christmas Eve, everyone gets a pair of slipper socks or um, slippers uh, that they can then put on on Christmas Eve. Oh, good. And have them. That's my. That's just a little tradition that I've kind of that's my so little nice. thing. I do want it all to be my. You're dad, adding to all your dad's given thing. you though. Yeah, and that's what he would love, right? That's yeah, the thing exactly. you always have to remember. How much they'd love it. Exactly. So oh, yeah, Christmas. everyone gets. Think, sometimes I'll knit them or crochet them if I've got time, but usually I'll buy them. Part of the beauty of Christmas is the melancholy that comes with it. Passing yeah. time, people who are no longer there with you, but also I like that you have to double down. You have to dig into that and, and yeah. lean in hard into it and go for it and do what your past relatives did. Add yeah. new stuff for you. You must have, your dad ran a sex shop. Does that mean every time you go into Ann Summers, you're like, oh, it reminds me of daddy. <laughs> daddy. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first become aware that your dad ran a sex shop? Well, he didn't, 
um, so for comedy purposes, I've talked about it as if he had the sex shot when I was a kid. Right, because that's of course. quite funny. Yeah, you it's know? good 10 minutes in that. Yeah, exactly. Sure. I'm to do a stock take with your dad, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll take your daughter to work day, all that sort of stuff. But the truth is, he didn't actually um, do that till I was an adult, well, a right. young adult, late teens, I think. Right. Um, which all it actually meant was uh, suddenly I had a lot of friends that were guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> suddenly started hanging around. Because my, because the, I mean, this was in the sort of early 2000s, maybe late night. So it's before streaming services. Yeah. So, uh, like, they were, porn was expensive from a sex shop. You know, yeah. DVDs were expensive, but the markup was insane. They'd buy yeah. the DVDs in for, like, a quid and oh sell them for God. 50. Oh, my God. So to my friends, it was like it was like dirty supermarket sweep. My dad would just go, <laughs> oh, just help yourself to whatever you want. So I'd take friends to the shop. And the shop was, I mean, it wasn't a classy one. You mentioned Anne Summers. It wasn't. No. It right. was in Great Yarmouth. <laughs> right, like, okay. It was, and it had like a door at the back by the car park. If you didn't want to be seen going in the front, you could go. Wow. Like, it was pretty. That's good and to it know. was, it Useful. was kind of, it was a lot of, um, during the summer, it was a lot of holidaymakers, hemp parties, that sort of people going. Yeah. In the winter, it was a bleak place. Oh. And my dad used to, it used to be open till eight o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. And quite often the customers would be, um, in the winter, they'd be turkey pluckers from Bernard Matthews, right? She had the, and the, they're these guys that are like seasonal workers. They come down, they're on their own, they're staying in shitty bedsits or B&Bs or whatever. And they want to watch filth. They want to watch filth. And so they'd all be in there and I like you'd, you'd go in the shop on a Saturday evening they'd all just be standing my dad would have made them all a cup of tea oh. while they're, you know, just sort of browsing, just, just browsing, swapping the, you know, that was good. That was, And it was just, it was mad. Oh it was a God. bit mad. But it was a little bit bleak, you know. And sometimes... Like, I never worked in the shop, but sometimes my dad might go, oh, can you just hold a thought and get a nip mm. out and get a cup of tea or, what? you know, go and do something. And then day. someone browsing would be like, excuse me, have you got any anal gangbang? <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you see? Like, particularly, uh, there was a certain, like, hen dudes, whatever, was fine, but mm. a guy would come in, see mm. me, and then just turn around and go out again. Oh. like, oh, no, that's not Derek with my dad. That's not Derek. I can't, I can't yeah. talk to an actual lady. Yes. Um, you yes. know, and we'd just not be able to deal with it. Oh, my God. It was a, it was it was a sort of it was a fun place, you know, and I had a lot of fun taking friends there and stuff. But it mm. it was bleak as well. Yes, it was, but it does uh, make me think I should do a my mate bought a toaster version with your pawn shop receipt. Yeah, <laughs> something to think about for the future. Um, look, as we idly browse through your Amazon purchase history, Angela, we're nearly running out of time actually, which is annoying. Oh. Um, but uh, I'm going to just do something right, which I always enjoy doing, which is just to check out You're what happens. Yeah, uh, check out what happens around lockdown right so <laughs> 2018 how many orders do you think you've bought in a year 2018 have a quick I, I honestly wouldn't know a ballpark 127 oh that's a lot in it over the year 2019 188 okay 2020 God. 367 <laughs> that's, that's more than one a day that's that is more than one a day <laughs> that is, I've got a problem, Tom. I think, I can't remember. Avid listeners will be able to tell me. Alex Zane holds the record, but it's there or thereabouts because it was around one a day. So I think you might be up there with Alex Zane. And that is, I have now done over 100 episodes of this. And I <laughs> always check. Please don't my husband doesn't listen to this. I just, in my defence, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, I've got ADHD. <laughs> also, <laughs> you've got ADHD during a lockdown. During a lockdown. And I do, one thing I do do, with Amazon, is I send things to other people that I think they might like. Yeah. I'm quite good at doing that. My husband, bless him, in his speech at our wedding, um, because, you know, like, it's not a thing I ever really thought about myself or knew about myself, but I do love buying things, like presents for other people. And they're mm. not expensive, but just, you know, that shows you're thinking of them. Or you're, yes. And that's definitely a thing I got from my dad mm. as well. And, um, just and like chocolate my, nipples. Do, like chocolate nipples. <laughs> but just kind of... Things to let you know, like for example, my husband got COVID while I was on holiday, so right. I sent him a little, you know, basket of of like a little care package. Why are we on holiday without your husband? That's interesting. Oh well, not we don't always go on holiday separately, but yeah, he was nice, going. That's good. Oh, that's yeah, good. well, he was going snowboarding, which I've got absolutely no uh, desire to do. Mm. Um, and so I said to my friend, "Well, he's going snowboarding. Should we go to Lanzarote?" Oh. <laughs> so we did that, and um, so yeah, I went to Lanzarote with some friends, but he, I went for a bit longer than he did, so he came back. Sort of while I was still away. Yeah. A day later, he tested positive for COVID. Yeah. So um, I stayed in Lanzarote a bit longer, <laughs> <laughs> and then came back and went to stay because I had a corporate. After I got back, I couldn't risk getting it and like a well-paid gig. Did you when, so, when you're on the phone? To, there must have been a moment <laughs> when you're on the phone. Oh gosh. Okay. I hope you're all right. Love you. And you must have put the phone down, Lanzarote, and thought, get another 
couple of days ahead. It well, must have been a moment. It, it didn't occur to me. So at first I thought, right, so he told me I've got COVID and I was like, right, I can't come home because I can't, I can't afford to get it now because I had this really well-paid gig. Can't miss out on a corporate. And, just know, so you know, guys, if, if you're a stand-up and yeah. you get a corporate, it's, it's, they're usually like five or six times what you earn in a month. Yeah. And, in and particularly after the year we've had, mm. you know, and a wedding mm. to pay for, I couldn't miss this yes. corporate. Yes. So, um, so I was thinking... Well, maybe when I get back, I'll just have to go and stay at my mum's. Now, I love my mum dearly, but she lives in a one-bedroom flat. And 10 days with my mum in a one-bedroom flat, one of us is going to die. Right? <laughs> I, I don't know which, but one of us is. So great I thought, format. Well, I, great TV format. Yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe I'll, I'll just have to stay in a hotel. So I was looking for cheap hotels and stuff. And then I just had this thought. I was like, I wonder if it's... How much it costs to just stay in this hotel? Move the flight. But I mean, and move the flight. Yeah. And I looked into it, and I'm not kidding. It was about £100 cheaper to do that than to stay in the Premier Inn at Gatwick. Wow. For the extra three nights. Move and, to Lanzarote, and, guys. Right? So I did that. So oh. my friends went home on the Sunday and I stayed till the Wednesday. But the, the smugness was wiped off my face a bit quickly because what actually happened was my friends left mm. and I thought, because it was really nice being with my friends, but I did think like, I'd have three days just on my own. So yeah. you've got no one, you know, no time you have to be anywhere to meet. How are you with your own company? No. Well, I have audio books and things. I yeah. thought I'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but what happened was um, the hotel, it was February as well, so the hotel was just empty. Oh, weird. So, you know, it's quite like swimming and stuff is great. And then what happened was my, um, they left. And what I didn't realise, the week I was going into was half term. Oh. So the hotel oh. just Filled with families with kids. Now, look, obviously families with kids get to go on holiday. But I tend to book mine oh. at a different time, you know. And so these pools, I thought, I'm going to have to pool to myself. Oh. It was just full of inflatables. <laughs> I basically had to go up a volcano to sort of get some quiet. So again, equally, there must have been a moment when you walked outside. Do, 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 just looked up. What the? Oh, no. This what? wasn't the plan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Changed my mind. Wonderful. I'm glad you've had to suffer like us parents have. Half-term holidaying is the absolute worst. Cost of fortune and it's awful. Oh. Um, listen, 2020, end of 2020, I just want to yeah. pick up on this because I'm obsessed with this guy. It's a writer called Philip Kerr uh, who writes the Bernie Gunther novels. They're so fantastic and you just smashed them. Right, I'll tell you why, because uh, I'm mentioning Michael Fabry again, but he's a very good friend of mine. Yes. He bought me one of the books and but for some reason he bought me one that was like in the middle of a series yeah. so I thought right I better just buy the others and yeah. then and I still haven't read them oh my god they're amazing <laughs> I will get round to them amazing so set in uh, Germany actually set around, all around the place but it's about a detective during the 1930s and 40s so mm. it, and they do jump around so some are set in 1950 mm. uh, and some are set in like 1933 and it's they're just so, like, so oh, what a my... writer okay so I'm going to interrupt the podcast now this is a my mate bought a toaster first um, it's Tom here and I'm just editing the podcast listening back to it and taking out all the bits where I'm rubbish. It takes a long time. Um, hope you're enjoying it. We're nearly there. We're nearly at the end. Um, but I just wanted to jump in and say, can you spot the moment where the room booking runs out? Because this is the problem about doing podcasts in the flesh, is that um, you need to be in a physical space and you can't have the physical space forever. And sometimes someone else wants to come in and, I don't know, for example, have a Zoom call when you're interviewing the brilliant Angela Barnes about her Amazon purchase history. Anyway, see if you can spot the moment that happens. Like, area of sort of nerdiness, mm. like. It's a bit weird. Yeah. But, like, German history is my thing. So, oh my God, I speak these. reasonable German, but I, um, I like, well, Cold War history as well, but particularly, like, the history of the GDR, but also pre-World War II Germany. Yeah. I just find it all yeah. pretty fascinating. Hi. Three. Yeah. Okay, I'll be two minutes. Thanks. Ah, oh, but yeah. Oh, that's really annoying. Uh, uh, I hope you uh, had that, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the end. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what five minutes out of them. Yeah, so go on. So how come you went... So, so go on, pick so, up. Um, yeah, so I've just got this sort of fascination with that part of... I think the, the Berlin Wall fell came down on my 13th birthday and I was learning German at school. Mm. My German teacher was really sort of telling us all about it and I just found it all fascinating. Yeah. And then as I've got older, sort of being, you know, reading a bit more into history, and because I never did history at school, but I now co-host a history podcast. Which is called? Big it's plug. called We Are History, which is Big me and John O'Farrell. Amazing. I love and, um, John O'Farrell. Is one of the funniest writers. I love John O'Farrell. So I, I keep calling him my father figure, which he doesn't like because he's only 15 years older than me. But um, <laughs> but uh, he's just brilliant. And we have so much fun doing it. And it's yeah. just, it's basically, when people describe it, it's like two history nerd mates in a pub talking about a thing yeah. that's, a book they've read that's really interested them or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, but that for me, the sort of Cold War era is the era that really floats my boat. Okay, good. Lots about. All right, good, 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 good. Um, so I have to be very quick now because uh, you may have heard that, dear listener. <laughs> the room booking. I'm going to keep that in. The room booking <laughs> has do. come to an end. Uh, me and Angela, much as we would like to carry on talking, we've got to wrap yeah, up now. But uh, I'm going to do two more items. We're going to do it super quick. Okay, okay? cool. We're going to see. Let's see how much we can push it. Mm. The podcast will just end when the guy knocks on the door again. Mm. Okay. Um, so 11th of January 2020. I do want to know about this. The dog agility training tunnel. Right. Okay. So uh, I've got a dog, a uh, little good. Tina. I should also, otherwise this is yeah. not good for your husband. Um, yeah. And she had to have an operation in January 2020, which meant she wasn't allowed to. She loves playing. Like she, she's all about fetch the ball and playing with her frisbees, and she loves being outdoors and playing. Yeah. But she had this operation, which meant that for uh, 10 days she wasn't allowed to go out and play oh, and so we bought this dog agility tunnel which we put uh, down our hallway so it was just so she had some sort of stimulation something some game, to do otherwise they go play. nuts they go nuts otherwise she's going nuts so and then uh, after that 10 days that went in the cupboard and has stayed there yeah never been seen again <laughs> the amount of plastic we buy on Amazon for oh my God, don't think about it. one use and then into oh, a cupboard oh it's so bad um, okay fine 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 look at I mean this is oh my God, Angela, I'm so cross. We should have done we'll do, 2020 we'll do first. We're going to have to do a sequel with you. Look, we've got the women's retro uh, 50s halterneck rockabilly, rockabilly party evening dress. Yep. I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, I think that was for a photo shoot. I think I was... Uh, okay, yeah. okay. Um, there's absolutely loads. What I'm going to do to finish off, I'm going to go to the latest uh, latest order that you've made, right? Oh, so we're going to 2022. I mean, that's a good Oh, question. okay. I think this might be um, either Mother's Day or John O'Farrell's 60th birthday present. Okay, I, Yes, basically. And let's let's work out which is which. Okay. So we've got the uh, cocoa dusted truffles and right. the Southern Comfort yeah. whiskey. That's mama. <laughs> That's mama. That's mama. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Um, and also, I mean, again, this points to what we've been talking about. Deutsche Demokratische Republik. Uh, this is a book, DDR Held der Arbeit. Oh, that's a Nobel. Okay, Held der Arbeit, is, that was part of John's <sighs> presence. So that Held der Arbeit is an award that the East German government gave out. Uh, it's, it means hero of labour. Oh. Um, so I bought John that with that on it as a part of his birthday present. Oh, very nice indeed. As a notebook. Yeah, oh my yeah. God, I love it. All right, I must yeah. listen to that podcast. Uh, what's it called? The Rest is History or We Are uh, History? We Are History. We Are History. Very, very good yeah. indeed. Angela Barnes, you're absolutely brilliant. Are you on tour soon? Do you want to I'll be plug? on tour in uh, the autumn. So just go to my website, sign up to the mailing list and you'll get notified when the tickets go on sale. Um, listen to the podcast. I'll be doing Edinburgh Fringe. Yes. Edinburgh Fringe again yeah. that's exciting and have you got a room booking for three o'clock yeah is that you yeah that's right that's me cool, so cool, if you could cool. just get out so I can get on with it that'd be I'm great I'm going to leave the mics on and record their meeting guys <laughs> and release that extra on patreon.com slash toast it's my mate That feels like the most apt place to leave Toasterpod Series 5. Don't you think there's something beautifully poorly organised about a room booking expiring? When when did Series 5 end? When the room booking ran out. And if that's not poetry, I don't know what it is. Uh, listen, guys, thank you so much. That's my wife texting me that dinner's ready. Which, to be fair, is an equally good way to end Series 5 of my mate bottle toaster. Oh, come on, guys, we're having fajitas. I need to get those eaten. Uh, so, listen, that's it. That's a, that's a wrap. <laughs> We're having fajitas. It's literally a wrap. Oh, I'm so happy with that. Oh, honestly. That could be the best joke I've made this series. Um, thanks, guys. Every, t- every time you get in touch saying you enjoyed the show, every time you retweet it, every time you review it, every time you um, give it the five stars, all that stuff drives people to the show. So thank you, thank you if you found time to do that. Thank you if you've supported us on patreon.com slash toasterpod. Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to start dropping the next series. So stick around. Uh, there are new episodes incoming. I've got some fabulous guests already booked, which I'm very, very excited. I'm definitely not going to tell you who's coming on next series. Scroobius Pip! I'm not going to do that. Um, so next week, there's going to be a best of. Yeah. And the week after that, we're going to do another best of as well. Uh, so we're not going very far. Best of's on the way. Then a couple of weeks off. And then we'll have series six. That is it. Shall I roll some credits? Credits rolling for series five of My Mate Bought a Toaster. Thank you to all my wonderful guests. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.